0: God bless you. Welcome to Ministry Moments with Dr. J. Listen, I am simply excited about this new series that I will be sharing throughout the month of October. Uh, It's really going to center around leading with Dr. J on this podcast. And we're talking about uh, the following teaching series the tangible leadership of God. The tangible leadership of God. We're going to be focusing on leadership. And we're going to uh, put a stake at Exodus chapter 13 and Exodus chapter 14. The objective is to provide you with about 30 minutes of practical teaching uh, so that you can be informed, inspired, and edified. And so I want to begin with prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters those who will listen to this even at another time. I pray that you would bless our share time together. May we be inspired, encouraged, and blessed through the hearing and teaching of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're looking at Exodus chapter 13, and I want to begin at verses 17 through 19. Verses 17 through 19. Give you a moment to that scripture up. Exodus chapter 13 verses 17 through 19. So what is the background? We want to dig deep. We want to determine what is going on. Where are we at this point? Moses has been charged to deliver the Israelites from Egyptian captivity. He's receiving his instructions from God of where he needs to go, how he needs to do it, and when he needs to do it. The Israelites have recently been released from Pharaoh. Pharaoh is the title of the leader and ruler in Egypt. And Pharaoh initially did release them and then had a change of heart and decided that he did not want to let go of his free labor uh, to continue to build the Uh, building projects that he had established and wanted to push forward. And so the Israelites are traveling, okay? And this text is going to sit us right at Sukkoth, and it's going to end at Etham. Etham meaning uh, the end of the desert. This is where it's going to meet us at the Red Sea here. Uh, It is a fascinating thing to even travel to these areas and lands that you read in the Bible. I had the opportunity uh, to sail upon the Red Sea uh, and visit many of the places that we reference in the Bible uh, in Egypt. And so now that we understand where we are, who are the main actors, God is certainly having an active role Uh, In this text, Moses, Pharaoh, the people, uh, their collective uh, as a community, they are all playing a role together. And they are experiencing physical deliverance uh, from a context of generational slavery uh, in Egypt. So what we must understand is that they have experienced... Uh, brutal treatment, Uh, they have experienced trauma. Trauma continues to manifest itself until it is actually dealt with. And so working long hours, being treated in a very uh, degrading way, uh, not having all the needs met, having children snatched from them. They have gone through a traumatic experience. And so now they are leaving what had been familiar to them to go to a place, the promised land, land of promise in Canaan that God had promised them. And so they are following a leader who they have learned to trust because initially they did not trust Moses because he was in Pharaoh's home, uh, but they're learning to trust him. They're learning that he is in some type of communication with their God, and they are trying to follow him out of this context that they have been in so long to this place that is supposed to provide them Uh, with a sense of protection and security. And so many of them may have been reluctantly following Moses, who within himself has issues, yet he is leading. Understand, leaders are not exempt from having issues. Moses is not confident. He has a stuttering concern. Uh, He doesn't always feel like he has the ability and skill set to do what God has asked him to do. Yet God selected him, Uh, even though those things were all um, things that were in his character, in his life, the lack of ability of doing things. God, in his infinite wisdom, still chose Moses to lead these people, the Israelites, out of captivity. That is an example to you and me that we should never underestimate, one, ourselves, but most importantly, the ability of God to be inserted in our lives and help us to accomplish what he's called us to do. So here is Moses, this prophet, the mouthpiece of God, who speaks on behalf of God to these millions of people to lead them out of this physical place of captivity that they may experience the promised land. Here's the difficulty. They are being brought out of the physical captivity Uh, But because of the trauma and the experiences that they have had, there is a delay in the mindset of many of them uh, because mentally, they may still be in Egypt. Physically, they are leaving Egypt. And there is an interconflict that can reside in Egypt individuals that even though they are physically removed from something that is harmful something that is not beneficial to them because of the time that they have spent in that condition mentally their mindset is still tethered to that situation so here is something that has to happen when god delivers us when he brings us out It is not just the physical deliverance. I've just given you some background information here and some correlation of the text to our own own context today. God delivers us physically and we also must have our mindset shifted, changed, and delivered as well. So we look at the text. This is a very significant moment in which God is intervening again to bring about his promise to the Israelites to deal with their Egyptian foes, but ultimately to get them to the land of promise. And so we're looking at the tangible leadership of God, leadership of God that can be experienced, felt, observed, and seen the tangible leadership of God. Here's the text, verses 17 through 19. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Let's make a correlation of Egypt and what it is symbolic to you and I so that we can bridge the text to our own experiences. And make meaning out of the text as we go through this teaching. So Egypt indeed is symbolic for the Egyptian, for the Israelites. It was Egypt a place of slavery, a place of captivity. And in our modern day context, Egypt could be poverty. It could be sexual assault that puts us in this box uh, where we've been violated and it places us in a place of captivity, socially, mentally, spiritually. Uh, Egypt can be symbolic uh, of social injustices. It could be symbolic uh, of working for low wages, and there's no way to go beyond that. It seems as if one may be stuck in it. Egypt can be symbolic of the miseducation of children in school systems, where they're being indoctrinated in, in things that will f- continue to uh, fortify the miseducation of children about their history, about their experiences, uh, about the history of the country. Uh, Egypt can be symbolic of depression. That mental state, that emotional state. it can, Egypt can be symbolic of anxiety. And we could certainly go on and on. But I hope you see that the point of reading the biblical text is to understand its original meaning. And then draw in, lift up the meaning for today in its application in our lives. And so... Egypt represented a a great many of things, okay? It can even be the isolation that one may feel in this current pandemic dealing with the coronavirus and the isolation in the home away from family and friends and not being able to touch the people For whom you love. Egyptian captivity can certainly find a correlation in our lives in some way. Uh, But here is the light here God sees the captivity of his people and he is willing to lead his people from that place of captivity to a place of deliverance. Looking at the tangible leadership of God. God is. Uh, in his omniscient perspective, already aware of how he's going to do that. God is not trying to figure out how to get the Israelites to the land of promise. God knew. He's omniscient. He already knew Alpha and Omega, the big beginning and the end. And so for you and for me, God is not trying to figure out how to get you out Uh, What we're trying to do is to catch up to the time and the timing of God of when he wants to make a move. Hallelujah. Make a move on our behalf to bring about uh, deliverance uh, in our lives through his leadership. And so we see God as the leader. We see God, though he's using Moses, a tangible expression of his leadership, where the people can see, hear, and feel. But there, make no mistake about it, God is the primary leader in this Exodus experience. And and what that says to you and me, that God uses other people to help us navigate out of captivity into the place in which he's ordained for our lives. And we must be cognizant of the fact that the people that he uses to bring about that deliverance are not uh, the main character. God is at work. He's calling the shots. He's giving directions. He's giving uh, the the guidance that is needed to bring about the deliverance of the Israelites. And even in their own lives, uh, that same leadership. Uh, is experience. And so God is going to lead uh, from a different perspective than you and from, than I. That's why Isaiah tells us that the Lord says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. God's tangible leadership is going to be expressed in a way that may be drastically different from that which you and I are accustomed to to experiencing. So what can we gather from the text? Let's just deal with parts of each of these verses and then we want to lift up uh, some observations that will be geared towards the tangible leadership of God. In verse 17, the text says, now every uh, word and phrase in the biblical text is meaningful. And so we should not rush through uh, to get to a part that we're familiar with and a part that we really want to focus on. But we must pay attention to what the text is saying and what it is not saying. In verse 17, then it came to pass. This is an indication that the time was right. This is an indication that the timing of God has met had met the time for the Israelites to begin to transition from what they were in in terms of captivity, oppression, domination by the Egyptians. Then it came to pass the timing of God and what you and I are looking for whenever we are praying for deliverance and praying for movement from what we are in to where God wants us we need to be praying about the timing of God because the timing of God really is important. And that is when God makes a decision to intervene and bring about whatever change that is needed. And so the text says, then it came to pass. When Pharaoh had let the people go, here we see the domination of Pharaoh. He is the Uh, Domineer, he is the one now who was calling, thought he was in charge, felt though he had uh, uh, eternal uh, control over the Egyptians. But we see the leadership of God, hallelujah, overpowering the leadership of Pharaoh. And, And God was very instrumental and demonstrative in his way of getting the attention of Pharaoh whether it was the plagues, whether that was the communal intervention of God to get his attention, the plagues, and then the more uh, intimate intervention when death literally struck into Pharaoh's home with his child. And so his attention is now obtained by God uh, because it had to take God getting to the root of what was close to Pharaoh's heart. And so we see that there is now this state in which Pharaoh had let them go and now he's changed his mind and he, of course, will begin to pursue them. Uh, The Bible says that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines. Now, the way of the Philistines, the land, that route would have been certainly shorter, and it would have been more convenient. Uh, more resources could have been conserved. Uh, but the Bible says, although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. A couple of observations here. Let's lift up uh, observation as it relates to the tangible leadership of God. Here's the first observation I want you to write down. God's leadership decisions may contradict our human comprehension. God's leadership decisions may contradict our human comprehension. Why are you saying that, Dr. Jackson? I'm saying that because we make decisions based on the limited information we possess God makes decisions based upon all of the truth that exists. He's not dealing with pieces. He's dealing with the whole of all knowledge and all understanding. And so from a human perspective, if you can now insert yourself with the Israelites and they're there, or even with Moses and the awareness that the way of the Philistines is nearer. It's closer to get us to where we need to be. We save time and all those things. We would be tempted to go that route because it only makes sense. It is so logical. It is the best way to go. Uh, and plus, I'm scared. And I don't want to be here longer than I should be because I know that the enemy, the oppressor, is going to be coming after me. That would be Probably most of our um, way of figuring that out and the resolution or conclusion that we would come to. But God is not working with any of that. He's working with all knowledge, all understanding, and all truth. And that's why the observation is made when we look at the tangible leadership of God. God's decisions may contradict our human comprehension because we cannot always understand his ways. His ways are hard to perform. We we may not always understand his way of thinking. We may not understand the approaches that he takes to get us where he wants to take us. But the fact of the matter is we're not looking at things from his perspective. As he has made known through Isaiah that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so we must be open Uh, when we're looking at the tangible leadership of God and we understand that his ways will contradict uh, our human comprehension. Then we must be open to the changes and approaches God makes from his omniscient, omniscient means all knowing, his omniscient perspective. Uh, This requires us to be able to do a couple things. One is to hear the voice of God clearly. Hearing the voice of God means that we are hearing what God is saying and what God is going to be saying is going to correlate with the word of God, bringing it up to our day today, the word of God that is already established. The voice of God will never contradict with the written word of God. And so it becomes important that you and I understand that we are to listen for the voice of God when there is a shift, a change, a redirection. uh, When God is trying to prompt our hearts and our spirits to go a different direction that may not make sense to us. God will take the foolish things of the world to conform the wise. We must then be open to the changes and approaches that God makes. And to do that, it means we must be sensitive. Hallelujah. To the leading of the Holy Spirit, which is going to lead us, do its job. Its job is to lead us and guide us into all truth. So we have to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and be able to discern the voice of God. We can do that. If someone says, well, the Lord says, you need to go steal Brother Jimmy's car. Well, you know that that's not the voice of God because it contradicts with the word of God. that says, thou shall not steal. And thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's possessions And things of that sort So we can discern The voice of God By knowing the word of God That might be something you need to write down We can discern the voice of God By knowing the word of God Because God will not contradict his word Here's Proverbs 3 and 5 You've heard this text before Uh, As we Look to the word of God and says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And so lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge God and he will direct your path. There is that place in God as we are following his tangible leadership that we must be prepared to not try to lean to our own understanding. But acknowledge God, give God's first give God the first props of giving you the direction of which way you need to go, whether it's from a place of uh, oppression, a place of captivity. you want the best direction plan uh, guidance from God, not from what makes sense to you but from what makes sense from God's perspective and so we must be open to the changes and approaches that god makes for us so that we can get where god wants us to be scripture says there's a way that seeming right but the end thereof is destruction okay we, we don't want to do what may seem right we want to do what god is directing us trust in love with your heart lean out to your understanding all your ways acknowledge him he will direct Your path, God, will tell you to go left, right, stop, sit down, slow down, speed up. He'll give us the direction, hallelujah, that we need through knowing and discerning the voice of God, okay? And understanding the voice of God is synonymous with what his written word says. The decision that God makes for us comes out of his preponderance of knowledge and understanding. Okay, Israel would have been frightened had they gone the way of the Philistines. God knew that. He knew that though they were physically delivered, they were not mentally delivered. Oh, let's put a little pin there. God knows you and he knows me better than we know ourselves. And he knows how we will react in different situations. Okay. So, so the fact of the matter is, is God knew that Israel would revert back to what was familiar, revert back to a physical captivity rather than to stand flat footed and uh, defend themselves against the Philistines are going to be, throughout the Bible, you're going to hear it in the Old Testament, who are going to be foes for them on a continual basis. So God knew the capacity of the Israelites. He, he knew what they could take and what they could not take. He knew their capacity. And so listen to this. You might want to write this down. God makes decisions about us, talking about the tangible leadership of God, He makes decisions about us and for us based on his knowledge of our individual capacity. I'm going to say that one more time. God makes decisions about us and for us based on his knowledge of our individual capacity. What we can do, what we can hold, what we can handle. Okay scripture so says for he will not put more on you uh, than you are able to bear. Okay, well that's a statement that we say, but one of my favorite scriptures that I pull that from is in uh 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses uh 13, verse 13. And you will hear it says no temptation has overtaken you, that is common to not common to man, God is faithful, and He will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability, your capacity, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you will be able to endure it. God makes decisions about us and for us based on his knowledge of our individual capacity, and this is what you see taking place uh, in Exodus regarding uh, the The Israelites, the Israelites were free physically, but not so much in terms of their mindset. And had they gone the way of the Philistines, it would have triggered old trauma, unresolved issues and circumstances, and that would have um, impeded the progress. Excuse me, that God had ordained for the community. And for them individually so so this really helps us to understand how God views us and how God makes decisions on our behalf, uh, because there are many requests let's talk about prayer, prayer is simply talking with God, offering up to him requests or Informing him, not that he needs to be informed, but this is the way, uh, the method of communication that he desires with his people. That when we make prayer requests, we have made a request unto God, and understand that He is going to answer those prayer requests, but He's going to answer them based on His knowledge of our individual capacity. Someone says, "I'm praying that the Lord gonna uh, bless me to be a millionaire." Well, God knows, God may not give that individual that answer of yes, because God knows this individual does not have the capacity to manage a thousand dollars, less nor a million. And so the answer for that person is either wait or no, because they don't have the capacity to manage what they are asking for. And many of the Israelites may have thought it would have been better to go the way that was nearer, if they were aware of that. Um, But the fact of the matter is they did not understand the full capacity of the community to shred through enemies' territory without them reverting back or changing their mind and fleeing and stopping the progress that God was pushing them towards. And so that is a a bit of our first lesson there of part one. As we look at the tangible leadership of God, Uh, I've only got through verse 17. So we will pick up. Uh, on the next verses, I didn't finish everything I wanted to say about verse seventeen, but we're going to come back to it in our next podcast. And I hope that you have been blessed by what we have shared thus far. Uh, I hope it hasn't. I hope it's been informative and something that is practical that you and I can put into practice in our everyday lives. Let's close this lesson out today in prayer. Father, what a beautiful time it has been to look into your word, to dig deep, and to make meaning of the biblical text for our own understanding and implementation. My prayer is no word will fall to the ground. But that it will indeed be planted in the hearts of your people. That we may continue to look to you as our ultimate leader and that we may experience your tangible leadership in our lives, even in the current pandemic and the state of being of our country. May we see the strong hand of our God leading us in a tangible way. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I am excited that you joined me. I pray that you would bless, and I look forward to our next time together on Ministry Moments uh, as we look at the tangible leadership of God in Exodus chapter 13, and then we'll soon move to Exodus chapter 14. God bless you. This is Dr. Jackson. Goodbye.